fascinated and you too one day may live to co-host an Olympics podcast in the top 1000 charts of US current affairs. <laughs> wow, you sound so much more alive today. Welcome back, Ruth. I am so much more alive today and just in time for the penultimate day, day 15 of the Olympic Games. And Chris, I watched handball for the first time hey. of this Olympics. Just in time, just in time to watch Team Olympopods, the official country of the Olympopods, Denmark, lose the gold medal match. Oh, are you suggesting that you watching was actually their downfall? Uh, potentially, potentially given like Ireland's run at the Olympics um, and how we put all our hopes and dreams into countries. Yes, I am going to say, yes, I was the reason that Denmark has a silver medal. Ah, uh, poor Denmark. Look, the problem for them was that... Most of them just didn't uh, want to play today, and that they were they came up against uh, French defense, which was always going to be a challenge. And France, you know, they they don't always show up in the handball world, particularly in the last few years. They've kind of been well, very French, let's just say, hit and miss. But when it comes to the Olympics, France know how to turn it on. That was their fourth consecutive final in the men's competition. They lost it five years ago against Denmark. Uh, no such problems this time around. They were just brilliant in defense as well. And I was delighted to see that their talisman, Nikola Karabatic, who had ruptured his ACL at the beginning of last season. So in October, September, October time, ruptured his ACL, came back and just got fit before the end of the season that he played a huge role as well. It's his third Olympic gold medal as well. And just an amazing like, bunch of stories for these players. I mentioned the Spanish guys were kind of the, you know, the old foxes a few times. And they won bronze, by the way, beating Egypt. But for France, there was a bunch of those players as well. And the big issue for them leading up to this tournament was a lot of discussion about players being chosen because of their reputation instead of actually being in form. But they put all that to one side and they won gold. So congratulations to them. And yeah, but sad times for Denmark, who will be back, though. They've got a young team for the most part. They've got a lot of amazing players always coming through the system. One of them, Matthias Gitzel today, was amazing for the whole championship. Scored six goals today. And yeah, he's only come into the national team since January. So the future is bright for Denmark, but only a silver on this occasion. And for anyone, including you, who doesn't believe in team sports being in the Olympics, handball is one of those sports where the Olympic Games is the pinnacle for them. And the amount of tears on both sides, both the victorious and the losing side, should be enough to tell you everything that goes into it. And they put in the most effort during the Olympics because they play every second day for the entire uh, entirety of the Olympic Games. Nobody else does that. Well, Chris, actually, I watched the last 10 minutes just before we started recording of the men's football gold match. Yeah. And uh, Brazil beat Spain in extra time and the Brazilians looked mm. really, really happy. So well done to them. I'll tell you what, Chris, when I am the modern day Pierre de Coubertin, I'm not saying we'll keep in football, but I'll let, I'll let handball stay in. You'll let handball stay in. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure all our Danish fans will uh, will be, well, accepting of that. I'm not sure it's yours to let stay in. But, not yet. You know, whatever. whatever. <laughs> not yet. Um, the men's pentathlon happened today. Uh, a number of the pentathletes took reserve horses. Don't know if that was because of what happened yesterday with the women's pentathlon but one person who wasn't there was german coach kim raisner who was thrown out of the olympics for punching saint boy at yesterday's women's event oh <laughs> i saw 
I saw a video. I didn't see. I, I saw a video that supposedly showed her doing it. I didn't see. Yeah, I have to say, I also watched yeah. the video back, and I'm not sure what I was expecting, but I think I was maybe expecting more. To be honest, like maybe her facing up the horse and giving it a proper punch on the nose. It seemed more than anything a bit of a nudge to move. Um, mm. But anyway, I suppose I, the, the ho- I suppose it does go yeah. without saying that the official position of the Olympic pod is do not punch horses. Unless they deserve it. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was I was intrigued by the online discourse yesterday, which was, from what I saw, about 87%. What the hell is wrong with these horses? How can they be in the Olympics? And then 13% horsey lovers who were saying, you can't do that to horses. Yeah, we've already been cancelled by horses, so it doesn't really matter what we say. Uh, yeah, and because of that, there was no way I was watching the modern pentathlon. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I, I await the horses to be replaced by, I don't know, Quidditch sticks or bicycles or something. Bicycles would be great, modern. but it, what you would need to have for it to be modern would like, so you mentioned like having maybe tanks, but then there would have to be an element. If it's to be a modern military one, it would have to be, they you'd have to like fix it before it goes. So you'd get maybe 90 seconds to, if it was a tank to fix its internal computing. So a bit of coding. If it was a bike, you'd have to put on its wheel or something. But yeah, I don't know. Well, from a couple of days ago in that recording where you brought us through some of the actual modern uh, warfare uh, pentathlons, clearly none of this actually should be in it. And basketball drills should be a part of it instead. Yeah, why not? Why not? Some good news, though. India won gold in the javelin. Neeraj, go India. India. It only took 1.2 billion people, 125 years. They finally got a medal in the athletics. Well, no, that's... A gold medal. Yeah, a gold medal. Yes, yeah. Neeraj Chopra, uh, I threw the two checks. He takes India's 11th gold overall at the Summer Games, only the second gold outside of hockey, and the third medal for India in the track and field. And... Of those two, as you said, not gold. They were silver. All the way back uh, in Paris, 1900, Norman Pritchard's silvers in the 200 metre and the 200 metre hurdles. Yeah, it took a while, mm. but they got it and in convincing style. A uh, funny thing this morning, while uh, or this early afternoon at the end of the Gothenburg Fringe weekly meeting, we have an Indian as part of our core team and... He was saying, oh, do you need help with something now? I was like, uh, no, no, no worries. He's like, okay, because I'm about to run halfway naked around this place if India get a gold medal in the javelin. I was like, what? <laughs> no way is he going to win a gold medal. But then Neeraj Chopra was in the lead after two rounds and he held on to win. So amazing story for him and India. So congratulations. And shout out as well to Sid, our listener and Indian who was going to run around half naked. Did he? He took his jacket off, I heard. I was too busy watching the uh, handball final to find out exactly to what extent he ran around naked. Okay, but okay. I'm sure he was delighted. Yeah, no, but India, maybe this this is the issue. You know, if you're not willing to follow through with your stuff, this is why it's only the 11th gold. Let's, you know, if you're saying you're going to take your clothes off, take your clothes off. Come on. There you go. Listen to Ruth. <laughs> <laughs> Like to, I would like to throw a javelin. I don't know how far I'd, I don't know how far I'd get it on my first throw, but like I feel like I'd get at least fifteen meters out of it. I've always wanted to give it a go. <laughs> the marathon was on today as well. It was yeah, the women's marathon early this morning or late last night, wherever you are in the world, and uh, it was won by Kenya. 
and Perez Yipchirchir in two hours, 27 minutes and 20 seconds in 30.6 degrees heat and 62.7% humidity. All right, that's that's going back, you know, if it was back in uh, 1904, 1912, there could have been some deaths, but thankfully no such thing. And an amazing 10th place finish for Australia by way of Ireland athlete uh, Sinead Diver, who finished in 10th place, two hours 31 for her at the age of 44. She emigrated to Australia back in 2002, only took up running 11 years ago and ran her first official marathon in 2014. Uh, She actually wanted to run for Ireland uh, internationally at first, but the Irish athletics, whatever they are, were they, well, they fucked up. And now look at them. So delighted for Diver and delighted for Australia. Yeah, and uh, she only took up running after she gave birth. She was like, oh, okay. Or she took up the marathon running after she gave birth. And she's like, okay, Grant, I'll go to start doing this now. Amazing. Um, 44. There's hope for us all. And also a shout out to Ireland's Fanula McCormack, uh, who placed 25th. She gave birth seven months ago. Yeah. And here she is. Here she is in Tokyo, placing 25th in the marathon. Women are In amazing. arduous conditions that, that, that quite a few people had to pull out of uh, mid-race. So yeah, no, absolutely phenomenal stuff. The marathon is always great, if not to watch from start to finish, at least to watch the highlights. You ain't got no time for that, Ruth. Nope. Ain't got no time for that when there's <laughs> all the other sports going on. Lots more track and field, though, before before we move on. Go on. Can we go through some more track and field? Of course. Because after 24,500 metres in six races over nine days, Sifan Hassan of the Netherlands, who we mentioned a few days ago on the pod, won another gold medal. She won the women's 10,000 metres to pull off an extraordinary nine days where she won three medals in the 1500 meters where she won bronze and then double gold in the 5000 and 10,000 meters. What a woman. I cannot wait to see which coffee brand she sides with after these games. Yeah, and usually I am very much on the side of I don't want to watch races that are this long. However, I did watch all of that race. Um, and it was a very, it, it was a brilliant, brilliant race. And uh, Letten's bit Gide was very much um, at the front for most of it. But then just in kind of the, I think the third last lap just seemed to have hit her limit. And yeah, it was, it was a fantastic race. Really good. Yeah. And Alison Felix, who we mentioned yesterday, had become the most decorated female track and field athlete, has added an 11th medal today, winning gold in the women's 4 by 400 meter relay, in which America absolutely ran away with it, quite literally ran away with it, as Athing Moo uh, took the final leg and just yeah made it look easy in the end, as she seems to do, that young athlete. But brilliant for Alison Felix, 11 Olympic medals. Nelly Korda won gold in the women's golf, first for the USA since Mary Abbott in Paris 1900. And uh, I think the Cordas have had a great summer, it has to be said, with her brother Sebastian Corda making quite the impression at Wimbledon this year too. Um, goes to show that having two professional athletes as parents goes far into creating a <laughs> family of professional athletes, which actually, Chris, yeah. brings me straight on to, I said I was going to be watching the basketball today. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't. But oh. Team USA won. And that's four back-to-backs for them. And on the winning team, there was one JaVale McGee. His mother, Pamela McGee, took gold at LA 84. And they're only the second mother-son pairing um, in Olympic history. The other pair was Valentina Rastvorova, who won the fencing gold in 1960. And her son, Yevgeny Grishin, who won the worship polo gold in 1980. Hmm. There you go. Well done. Bit of a fact for you. You only get that on the Olympopod. That's true. Uh, I wonder, we'll probably get more of those now over the next few decades because it's, you know, only been in the 70s and 80s where female athletes are actually getting the, you know, the career athleticism uh, or the career athletic lives and uh, a bit more respect in the Olympic circles. So hopefully we see more of that. Okay, so Chris, it's very, very sad. Today is the penultimate day of Olympics. In fact, today has properly ended. We only have one more day of Olympics and we have to wait a whole three years to get to Paris, assuming that we don't have any more global pandemics, etc. Chris, for the last day, what are you watching? I'm going to be getting up early tomorrow. Okay. Not just because the women's handball final is at eight o'clock Central European time. Thank you very much. And I'll have to write about that. No, not have to. I get to write about that. I'm very much looking forward to that one between France again and the Russian Olympic Committee. But there's uh, some finals in the boxing. And we mentioned Kelly Harrington uh, a few days ago, uh, the Irish fighter in the lightweight final against Beatrice Ferreira from Brazil, who looks like a very scary fighter. That, I believe, is at seven o'clock. Central European time, six o'clock Irish time. So I'll be getting up to watch that. And also there's another fighter who uh, I've really liked watching in the boxing, Lauren Price from Wales, who, uh, funnily enough, my first exposure to her was a BBC feature in which Prince William was interviewing her. BBC's young uh, young reporter, Prince William, <laughs> for some reason was interviewing Lauren Price didn't see any more interviews with Prince William. He did one uh, and that was it. I don't know why it was her, but she's a great character to be fair. And um, an interesting story about her is that uh, she was uh, put into care uh, immediately after she was born, uh, but then taken by her grandparents after just uh, three days of after being born. So her grandparents, uh, Derek and Linda Price, took care of her, uh, raised her into being a great multi-sport athlete. I think she was a, a captain for Wales as under-19 football team. Also did, I think, kickboxing, but stuck with boxing in the end. And she's into the middleweight final against China's Li Qian. So another one I'm looking forward to watch. Hopefully she'll be able to get gold. I think she'll be the first female boxer from Wales to do so. And talking about Prince William, something that we didn't mention is that King Edward won today. Um, in the equestrianism, uh, King Edward representing Sweden won at the team event. Just, just oh, Sweden won the team event. Yes, they did. They went. Ooh. They went into their second uh, jump off, but this time they took the gold, beating the USA. Right, and Bruce Springsteen's daughter. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a royal connection all the way through. Anyway, Chris, <laughs> what anything else tomorrow other than the men's marathon? Just everything that's on. The men's marathon, the women's final in handball, the boxing I just mentioned there as well. 
what else is on? Uh, a lot of team finals. There's like volleyball, water polo as well, the women's basketball gold medal match. And uh, that's it, right? I mean, yeah, there's I know. rhythmic gymnastics. Meh. And the closing ceremony. And the closing ceremony. Yeah, to be honest, I'm going to be trying to push in as much as possible tomorrow. I've only seen a bit of the water polo. I feel like water polo has lost some of its appeal in recent decades because there's no longer as much blood involved and i just feel like we need to bring it back to its original purpose which is full contact boxing match within water yeah and now that we have the technology to to capture underwater fighting and scrapping around much better it should be a, a bigger aspect of it i went to see a couple of games back in 2016 and although it's it's fairly interesting what's happening above the water uh, you know, there could be a lot more. They could have the underwater cameras then like displayed above for people to see what's going on. And and the thing is, now that we have artistic swimming, um, we all know that that's the most powerful event in water, you know? And now they're kind of just falling back, the water polo. Now I'm all about the artistic swimming. Okay. Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up. Okay, get a good night's sleep, folks, because we've only got one more day of Olympics to go. Um, Yeah, I know. It's very, very sad. Don't know what I'm going to do Monday. Well, the good thing is, Ruth, there's a lot of Olympics we haven't seen. So we probably could continue doing this mini pod for another week of just catching up. Do that. We're not going to do that. Would you know what, Chris? It, We're not going to do that. I could, could. I could, could. And I probably that. will. I just We're probably gonna... won't record all my random thoughts as no. I do so. But do you know what? I was actually looking back on the on demand on Eurosport and I couldn't find any of the equestrianism for the uh, women's pentathlon. They don't seem to have uploaded that. They have every other thing, but they don't seem to have uploaded the women's pentathlon. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Okay, until tomorrow. Bye!